0: This is a Rooster Teeth production. Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Annual Passes is the podcast where we talk about all things theme parks, shows, rides, attractions, fireworks, projection mapping, and more. I'm your host, Jack Patillo, and of course, joining me as always is my lovely, beautiful, and talented co-host with the Mohost. <laughs> Jeff Ramsey.
1: Hi, Jeffrey. I just realized... Hello, Jack. I Hi. just realized uh, we are just recorded another episode. Uh-huh. This is episode 50. This is. What was the other one we recorded? Episode 49. 49. Uh, I just realized for that and this, I am a foot lower than you in the chairs. <laughs> I, look like, I look like I'm a kid at the grown-up table. Hey,
0: uh, that's okay and also your camera's up much higher yeah. too so your point does can look so tiny it's so small hi everyone welcome to episode of annual pass this is gonna be a lot of fun we got a cool interview set up for you today uh, we're gonna be talking with a gentleman by the name of Justin Glatz who uh, he works on projection mapping and he's worked for uh, partners like Disney in the past and I am very excited to talk to him because this is something that I feel is gonna be the next big thing for theme parks I agree and, and we're already seeing it a whole lot already we're it in, uh, you know, like on the castle shows and stuff like Happily Ever After was kind of the the first big one in Florida. And there's a whole bunch of stuff, even like, you know, the what the, the projections on the water screens. Yeah. At Fantasmic, like technically that's projection mapping. There's a lot of cool stuff, and I've got a lot of good questions for this this guy, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And nobody's going to blow off their hand with fireworks. That's true. Yeah. That it's true. A lot safer that way. I think projection mapping and drones, are Yeah. That's the, that's future, the future for sure. Uh, hey, but uh, don't forget, you can go check us out on youtube.com slash annualpass if you want to watch us live. Also, go to store.roosterteeth.com and buy some annual pass merch, including our annual pass starter kit, our pin starter kit, which is absolutely gorgeous. It's four pins with uh, two pins of Jeffrey and myself, uh, one of our logos. One of an annual pass, written out, and this is all done by Gail Fox. And it's we awesome have stuff.
1: grand designs for a, a rich tapestry of pin uh, pin adornment. Yeah, yeah, going forward. But it, it all hinges on uh, people buying this initial product. Yeah, yeah. We've got, like, there's, there's still a whole bunch
0: left. And I do I just realized now, I realized Gale Fox did our faces. The other two, I believe, are Josh mm-hmm. uh, at Rooster Teeth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he did the the logo stuff. So I uh, want to give credit where credit is due. But yeah, check out the, the starter kit. It's four pins and the lanyard for a low, low price over at store.roosterteeth.com. Grab that because the, the quicker these go, the quicker we can make new ones that you can put on your lanyard. Mm-hmm. You can also grab the snow globe as well, which we have that one already up in the store right now. Uh, don't forget also to join our discord over uh you know our our discord channel it's a lot of fun and really cool a lot of good people in there including the rope drop running group rdrc rdrc which i'm very very excited for we got uh a the uh, the springtime surprise i believe is uh is actually happening like right now so it's this weekend i'm currently in california and you're with me are actually we're in seattle or we're in, in san francisco or la we're out of uh, that's exciting A H live right now while this episode is airing those are fun cities they are we're doing the uh, if you're listening to this the first the day it comes out we are actually in seattle doing our first A H live show and hey if you're in la or san francisco you can probably go and grab some tickets at rtxevent.com and yeah. see us live in person
1: hopefully you're listening to this uh on public transporter in the car on the way to the show.
0: Well, I mean, for what it's worth, the uh, April 2nd and 3rd is for San Francisco and LA. So you got a couple days. So if you road ready, trip, there you go. Drive go out to LA and watch us. This. this is going to be a lot of fun. So rtxvent.com if you want to grab tickets for that. But uh, yeah, I've got no uh, no sort of uh, you know news or
1: anything. No, we, should, no, agenda.
0: No. Should we just jump right in and speak to Justin? We have. I will say we pre-recorded this interview, so if it looks odd that our shirts change or whatever, or
1: the height of my chair,
0: <laughs> that's a, that's the reason why. But it's a fascinating interview. I think you'll dig it. Let's go talk with Justin Glatt. Jeff, we have a very very special guest on today's Annual Pass. I'm excited to introduce you to Justin Glatt. So, Justin, welcome to Annual Pass. You are a, a video designer at Disney, or you were a video designer at Disney, right? Yes, was a
1: video designer.
0: All right, so what does that mean for someone like Jeff Ramsey who has no idea what a video designer <laughs> at Disney
1: would do? All right, first off, yes, <laughs> I have no idea. But why would you assume uh, I have no idea? You're the analog for the audience. That's okay, okay, works. that's fair, that's <laughs> <Yeah>. fair. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
2: It's okay, no one probably probably did, at least not outside of, uh, outside of the uh, corporate resort structure. Um, <laughs> Uh, we are, um, there's a whole design team that works for, uh, for all of, uh, Disney parks, live entertainment. So that's the group that, uh, you could kind of, um, think of that whole group almost as like the imagineering side of live entertainment. We weren't imagineers. We were Disney parks, live entertainment.
0: Okay. So Um, so live light of entertainment. What does that encompass just for, for someone who might not know anything about Disney?
2: Yeah. So that would be any time, well, any performances where you would maybe, I would say performers are in it, but not all of our shows had performers in them. Uh, They would also encompass um, the great Disney term spectaculars. So (laughs) fireworks, Fantasmic, any of our large, any of the large scale shows that used to happen um, at the parks. Um, Basically everything that wasn't attractions, you would kind of consider it like a stage show or live entertainment. We um, we had cast a wide net over the resort, <laughs> and the two, the two entities of Imagineering and live entertainment, sometimes called creative entertainment, there was a huge crossover in the Venn diagram between those two entities. Uh, Imagineers worked on live entertainment, and live entertainment would also help in attractions as well. So even though we were uh, we worked under two umbrellas, um, the, there was a lot of crossover between everything that we were doing.
0: That's cool. And so you were a, a video designer. What exactly, like, what what, what does that encompass uh, working with uh, the live entertainment?
2: Yeah, so I was primarily based out of um, Disneyland Park, okay. um, although I did work in some of the uh, Asia parks as well. Um, my, I guess a more, like, accurate descriptor would be, like, a video systems designer. So I worked with... um there was a team, uh, at the time, uh, bef- uh, in the before times, uh, <laughs> there was, uh, there was a team of seven of us based out of, uh, uh the West coast, uh, park. And we, uh, designed, uh, the video systems for all of our live entertainment shows. So my primary focus was on the fireworks show. So it was, um, doing the projection design, uh, doing the projection mapping or assisting with the projection mapping. That's you know, farther on when we're in the process, um, designing the entire, what we would call like the front end system. So how do we get this beautiful media that is created by somebody and how do we put it on a building? So it's designing the signal flow from how we produce that media in a box, usually some sort of computer all the way out through the projector to the building.
0: Wow. That sounds sounds easy. Just <laughs> yeah. you know, press the
2: projection so, mapping button. What's the college uh, <laughs> class that teaches that? <laughs> uh now now you might actually be able to. So, uh take some classes like on projection design. When I went to college and uh when I went to college, um I actually studied lighting design. Mm. I I actually w- when I hired at Disney, I I um well, actually I hired into Disney as an attractions operator while I was still in college and then when I transferred to tech uh to tech services, which is the uh, like stagehand department in Disneyland. Um, I, I was certain I was going to be an electrician, a lighting designer, because that's what I wanted to do. That's what I studied in college. And then um, was introduced to the uh, video world um, because no one was doing it and <laughs> we needed to figure out how to do it. And over the course of my 10-year career there, we figured out how to do it. So, <laughs>
1: so. do you? Uh, so it sounds like you when you when you hired on, you thought you were going to be hanging gobo's and doing like yeah. <laughs> a very traditional lighting design. Oh, yeah. uh, how how do you, how, do you ever miss it?
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh no, for sure. I mean, there. Um, I can tell you for certain uh, when I was uh, crawling through the attics of Main Street. Dragging projectors through the 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 attics that were designed for people in 1955 who are, you know, a foot taller than me and much skinnier than I am. Uh, I thought, man, if I had just stayed in lighting, I would not. I I might still be. uh, Yeah, you know, on catwalks and and, and, um, dragging cable through the park. But, you know, it's um, I definitely do miss um, that little that side of it. There's a there's certain. Uh, creativity that comes with lighting design that I do miss. But I get to uh, exercise those muscles in a different way. Absolutely. With video yeah. design.
0: So so for those of you out there who don't know exactly what projection mapping is. So if you've ever seen like a fireworks show, like Happily Ever After or Enchanted at Disney World, where they basically take a project, they, they have something like a building, like the, the castle at Disney, and then they project something on it that makes it look like something else or like is lit up or there's like characters running along and stuff. That's what projection mapping is. So I was trying to take it back as far back as possible. Some people might not know. As a matter of fact, oh, Enchanted, yeah. the new show, not only incorporates the castle, but also all of Main Street USA is all lit up. And, and I mean, I can only imagine the amount of projectors that go into something like that. If only we had someone we could ask <laughs> yeah. about how many uh, like projectors are required to do something like that. Oh, wait so a minute. at
2: Disneyland Park. Um, so when we put in so we put in projection for the 60th show, which is called Disneyland Forever which started our era of um insert adjective forever or disney product <laughs> forever show. I'm wearing my together forever our pixar show oh, jacket okay. right now. Um but um that show was the first time that we did projection on um anything other than small world, but um main street has if i remember correctly uh 14 projectors, 7 on each side. Wow. Uh you can kind it of breaks it's 3 per block, 3 and 4 on block 14 on Main Street. There are six on the castle and then three over at uh, Small World. And then if you get technical, we also have we utilize the projectors at Fantasmic on the miss screens for fireworks as well. Yeah. So you could lump those three in as well.
0: Now, I we've done shows in the past where we had projectors and we always had backups as well in case one would mm-hmm. go down. So are, are you duplicating all these projectors? Or are they all just kind of one and just fingers crossed that none of them break?
2: <laughs> Not uh, not for the fireworks system. There okay. are other sh- Disney shows that utilize, um, uh, like you said, it's uh, we call them like a. We'll usually do like a double stack of projectors, so they'll be projecting in the same area. So if we do have a failure, uh, we also sometimes will do that um, to increase brightness. Okay, um, that's our a forever battle that we have on the technical side versus creative. If every show director I've ever worked with looks at me and says. Make it brighter, <laughs> and I say, "Cool, give me a million dollars." Like it's yeah. gonna, it's gonna cost us a lot of, you know, a lot of time and effort to do that.
1: Now these um, these projectors you're using are, I'm assuming, nicer than the Epson one I bought from Best Buy <laughs> to watch football. Uh, just just
2: a hair more. If you if you think of your, uh, so we usually in projection world, we'll usually talk in um, in lumens, which is a, um, a a a way to measure brightness it's actually reflected brightness but um your average office projector um maybe off the cuff if i'm thinking maybe like a thousand lumens maybe and that might that's a pretty bright office projector Mm. um the ones that are on the castle for instance are twenty thousand lumens wow the one that's on the oh actually i forgot about the matterhorn projectors you can actually add an additional projector (laughs) for the matterhorn that's a thirty thousand lumen projector Good and Lord. the new projectors that we're putting in and mind you that's a system that's almost five years old at this point the new projectors that we're using on shows um have a laser-based engine and uh those yeah it's really cool it's a laser-based light engine that gets uh upwards of forty thousand 000 lumens so wow. really really bright super super crisp colors um out of the light engine on those laser projectors and those are um if you happen to ever be in california adventure and go to the um the Halloween um uh Oogie Boogie Bash out there, um, I did the projection mapping for Carthay Circle and those use the laser projector. So that's why if that particular building looks like extra sharp and the <laughs> colors really pop. Uh well and it helps that the building's almost white.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, <absolutely. laughs> Yeah, that, that's what I was blown away. Like the first time I saw a ca- uh, like the castle have projections on it. It was just like that is I mean, that structure was built so long ago. And like it, it I mean, it completely transforms it. And that, it's just amazing that the kind of stuff you guys can do. So uh, so you're more on the technical side of stuff. How, how do you work with a creative team? Like, how do you do you, like do you design like here's kind of what the 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 castle looks like in a 3D space? And then you hand it off to an animator and then they work around that or is it kind of a back and forth what what's the process for something like that
2: It's a lot of back and forth. So the the initial phases of like when we're doing what we would call like a projection study, it's exactly what you said. We will um, go out and we'll actually do like 3D scans of the castle. So for instance, like I uh, assisted with the new Hong Kong castle. And so like that one, they literally like brought drones out and did like photogrammetry passes to like scan and get a 3D representation of the new castle. And then we'll take it into um, into software and do projection studies and basically do projector layouts and say like, how bright can we get it? How many projectors? Where can we, where can we place projectors? How, in what arrangement? Um, and do a bunch of different studies that generate, you know, how bright it'll be. What's the pixel straight, all these things that we have to, that we have to account for. Um, while all of that's happening as well, um, because our work uh, with projection mapping um, is, very, very dependent on having a super accurate, um, 3d representation of what you're projecting onto because especially on like super complicated architecture, getting all of those, oh man, what's the word, uh, jiblies you know, just like filigrees <laughs> and little things mm-hmm. and stuff, you know, that getting all of that mapped properly. So you don't see stretching, yeah. uh, where the projection is, is mismatched. Um, we end up doing a lot of model building, Um, on our own so we'll kind of do first passes of doing like rough models send that to our content team they clean it up we take it back we it's so it's a lot of back and forth of adjusting the model just to get the models correct and then once we've landed on like okay this is our model then we can send it to our content team or for you or or who's ever doing the media and then they can start the creative process of actually creating whatever the show is going to be. So like these, you know, we're a lot of these shows have really long lead times because there's so much that has to happen before you can even start making the show.
0: Oh yeah. Like I know like enchantment. I, I I'm, I'm much more, I lean on the Florida stuff just cause I know those sure, parts sure. back to back. And I, I think I called it enchanted earliest. Enchantment is the new fireworks. Yeah, We were, show. we were
1: embarrassed. I know. I'm sorry yeah, about for that. For you.
0: <laughs> um, I, I know they were like testing fireworks for that. Uh, God, like two years in advance before they launched it. They just launched it last October. And mm. they literally was like, I mean, the amount of work that goes into this, this lead time is going
2: wild. Man. That's the crazy thing about fireworks designers, and those guys are that team is incredible. They they, they do they literally do magic. If you're talking about like <laughs> people who, because the 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 concept of having to back time all of your elements to happen with music. It's hard enough for video and lighting and everything to time perfectly, but to time an explosion in the sky yeah. is absolute magic. But their, their stuff is, uh, the crazy part about it is, is a lot of times for a lot of these shows, they're lucky if they even get to test the show once.
1: <laughs> wow. Like,
2: like with actual pyro product, like I'm pretty sure for the 60th show, I think we only shot, I think it was maybe twice wow. before actually, before doing it for an audience like that's which wild. is like that's that's a level of stress that i can't even begin to <laughs>
0: yeah. to, I, yeah. to
2: to gather you know <laughs> i hope someday
0: we actually get somebody who works directly on fireworks to come yeah. on the show and talk to them uh, like john eight fingers yeah, Eightfingers. Oh,
1: those, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh,
2: those those guys are they're they're magic they're they're all a little crazy but they're but they're imagine. really really great great people every pyrotech that I've ever worked with, they're they're awesome.
1: <laughs> I I would imagine you guys are kind of on the bleeding edge of pro- projection mapping and that technology and that that I guess that burgeoning career field, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, as a medium, how do you, are you faced with constantly like not being able to do something uh, when you start a project and then forty percent of the way down the road a new technology comes out and suddenly you have more capability? Are is it? It feels like the technology must be in some ways going faster than you can keep up with and how does that if that's the case how does that inform how you build i mean it must must create and solve problems for you constantly
2: yeah i mean a lot of the design theory that we go through is like trying to look as future forward as possible even even now past disney that's like kind of my philosophy b- when it comes to design because it just like yeah you you don't know well sometimes you don't know that i will say one of the benefits to working to having worked for such a large company as disney is sometimes you are privy to certain roadmaps, mm. um, and stuff. And so you can kind of predict where things are going. Um, we have also had the privilege of having really close relationships with, um, particular manufacturers. So we can actually kind of push R and D in certain directions. Oh, cool. Um, I've definitely, um, there's a, the particular media server that, that we use on our shows, um, which is the, the computer that, that actually serves the, um, the media. That's it's uh, you could think of it as the DVD player, you know, it's the to put it as simple as simply simply as possible. It's the thing that's playing the media um at the very front end of the system. I uh, God, what show was it? I think it was when we were working on Phantasmic 2.0, there was this um uh there was this thing that I was trying to do um on a particular effect that I, I needed to adjust the media in a certain way and it just wasn't doing what it was doing. And I was standing next to the guy who literally wrote writes the code for this thing. And I look at him and I go, Hey, you see what I'm trying to do. Right. And he, and he kind of looks for a second and I watch him open up his laptop and he starts typing away, typing away. And he hands me a thumb drive like 10 minutes later. He goes, try this and I plug it in. And I have a new little effect in my pool and it does exactly what I need it to do. Oh, so it's awesome. like, those are the things that definitely are, are like, you benefit from having those relationships, but specifically being at Disney. Like, yeah. not every show, they send out the dude who wrote it, and
1: who wrote the code <laughs> for the thing.
0: <laughs> now that, that's, that brings up a good point, too. Like, for a show like Fantasmic or a Castle show, um, I mean, it's not just projection mapping. It's not just video content. You've got yeah. fireworks. You've got music. Is there one big, like, red button that you hit and everything launches <laughs> at the same time? Or is it, like... Four guys just all like, like, turning the key key at the same time. Yeah. yeah, Like, like it's
2: it's closer to to that, right? So, so, um, fireworks, the fireworks show, um, has from a tech standpoint, as far as operators go, probably has less people than you think it would. Um, Pyro has a fairly sizable crew for safety reasons and for operating standpoints or whatever. But all of those shows, so there's a, there's a, a position on fireworks that's literally called show control okay. and you are in right? And so um, while it's not as fun as like button go, um, <laughs> it is uh, because those shows like Fireworks and Fantasmic and, and kind of uh, Spectaculars as a whole, because like you said, there are so many elements that have to be perfectly timed. Um, they do all run in sync off of like a master clock. And so okay. there's that the stage manager calls, all right, everyone. It's a check in. Like, all right, everyone, ready for show? Good. All right, show go. And then it's three, two, one, and you're off to the races. That was my favorite thing uh, to do when um when I was a tech working on fireworks. Uh, there's a there's a, a main street position. Um, we were kind of responsible for like the main street projectors, like checking them and stuff like that. And so um the I would go up on the the rooftop with the pyro operator, and you could kind of just look over Main Street at the top of the show. And it was always fun because inevitably it was really interesting. Um, kids would always notice me up there. Adults <laughs> very rarely like look up
1: yeah, at the yeah.
2: rooftops and notice people. So I'd always like find kids and look and wave and whatever. And then it was really fun because I have a a, a clock up on the rooftop that shows the countdown to show. Mm-hmm. And so I could kind of like get their attention and like count down with them <laughs> and on the zero and then, you know, boom and fireworks happen. And it was always like, it's just like those little like magical moments that you can like create for a little kid, you know, they're, yeah. and I'm sure they're like, Oh, look, look. And you know, you kind of back away. So the parents don't see you
0: <laughs> It's fun. You're like the Santa Claus <laughs> of Disneyland or yeah. like, <laughs> like kids know you're there and you exist. The parents are like, what are you talking about? There's no yeah. one on those roofs. You can't even get up there. That's yeah, funny. Exactly. Hey guys, let me take one minute here to uh, tell you about our sponsor today on Annual Pass, and that is RTX, the best convention in the world. Not only that, there's a podcast festival happening. During RTX, I don't know why I said happening like that. Happening during RTX 2022. Uh, you like podcast? I'm reading copy now, so you know this. Is, this isn't me talking. This is this is me reading copy now. You like podcasts? Did you know that there's a podcast festival at RTX Austin this year? Podcasts of all kinds will be going to Austin, Texas, July 1st through 3rd to do live recordings of their shows, and you could be there. That's right, you listening and or watching right now. Could go to the podcast festival. Annual pass is going to be there. Just going to say, if you ever wanted to see us record live, that's going to be a place to do it. Uh, add some funds to your summer plans. Come to your favorite podcast in person and discover new favorites at RTX Austin. RTX Austin takes the best in podcasting, gaming, and animation and brings it all into Austin, Texas for one unforgettable weekend. RTX is like the best time ever you should absolutely go if you haven't ever done it before step into the exhibit hall let me okay join me with you join me with you that doesn't make sense join me now as we step into the exhibit J- jeff's not here jeff we're going to the exit bags mission hall we'll see stuff he's not he's not responding as much but that's okay step into the exhibit hall and be transported to another world filled with cosplayers live gaming indie artists and more. That's right. Some amazing artwork. I love going down the the indie artist lane and finding cool stuff. Maybe even like a nice candle too. Just saying. That's it's always good times. <laughs> of course, health and safety is our number one priority. This is the important stuff right here. Mass will be required during the event, and we will follow city guidelines as well. If you're unable to t- 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 <clears> attend, <throat> if you are unable to attend due to COVID, we will work with you to postpone your badge for the following year or request a refund. So we're being very careful about that. So please, you know. The, the, our, you know, our safety and your safety is our number one priority for this whole thing. You know, we want everyone to have a good time. Now, if you go to bit.ly slash RTX Austin 22, all lowercase, bit.ly slash RTX Austin 22, numbers 22, two, to grab your badge for RTX Austin and get ready for a weekend filled with the best of podcasting, gaming, and animation. That's bit. That's bit.ly slash RTX Austin 22 to get your badge today. See you in Austin, July 1st through 3rd. You can always stay to the 4th too and see fireworks. That's always fun or, you know, go, like I don't know, some, something peaceful and relaxing. I don't know if Ellie's going to be here. She's been walking back and forth across my desk this whole time. But RTX Austin is going to be a lot of fun. Annual pass is going to be there. It's going to be our first in-person rtx that annual pass will be represented at so you can come out and say hi we'll be doing something fun on stage maybe we'll get some guests who knows it's going to be lots of fun but check it out if you if you feel up to it if you want to come to austin a beautiful city in the middle of summer maybe we'll go for a run i don't know we'll figure it out but come on down so that's going to be it for our sponsor this week again thank you very much rtx austin for sponsoring annual pass let's get back to this show What? let's just try that one more time take it back to the top let's get back to the show much better i do like the idea of like a like a nasa mission control where it's like all you know like pyro we good go go cap <laughs> like anyway that's it, a. Whole, it's, a whole that's what it kind of looks
2: like the the control room is uh uh it's kind of well it's not exactly tiered but it's stations and big okay. monitors up in the control room and stuff like that it's it's close to it. It's not as cool as NASA. But, Instead of know.
0: like the big world map is just like, you know, the Disneyland map where it's like you can see. all There, there is you know. one, actually. Oh, that's so cool.
2: Um, and So you can see all the lights.
0: <laughs> no, no. OK, so like heaven forbid anything ever go wrong with a show. Right. Mm-hmm. No, no one wants anything to ever go wrong. But have you ever encountered any sort of like I want to say catastrophes, but any, anything ever break down mid show where it's like, oh, OK, that's rough. Or, oh, yeah. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> and the, I, I, part
2: of our job, too, is um, things, pro- again, just kind of like the other thing, like things probably go wrong more often than you would think. Yeah. And when I say go wrong, I mean like minor stuff. Yeah. A lamp goes out on a on a light, you know, but it's like <laughs> Disney works in, a, in like safety in numbers. When you have literally 150 moving lights on top of the roofs, one goes out, you're not going to notice. Yeah. We'll <laughs> notice because we look at it every day but your average guest doesn't.
0: Okay. But- Same
2: thing with projectors. We kind of try to um we try to design it in a way where if we don't have active backups, if you lose a projector maybe on one side of the castle, it won't be like super noticeable cuz it's kind of being covered by other things and mm-hmm. if you look really closely, but um but no at least in my tenure of being of working in the parks, there was no like major catastrophe just little equipment failures here and there yeah how good to hear
1: how stable are these things like do you have to worry about a pigeon landing on on the projector and (laughs) then somebody has to go up and turn the ring to the right
2: (laughs) no so all of our uh at least uh we strive to most of our projectors are in like weather enclosures mm. so they have like an enclosure with fans to keep them cool some of the new newer projectors that get even hotter have like a whole little condenser unit like in a little air conditioner thing wow. you know like because they get really really hot most of the time i would say it's uh it's other elements that you have to worry about, um, like at Disneyland, like the windows not opening and blocking the lens and stuff like that. But the elements, they're they're more or less protected from the elements. Dust is probably the biggest um, issue you deal with there.
0: Now, see, I would think it would be like guests because guests, you know, people, individuals are fine, smart. But <laughs> yeah. like when you get a massive crowd, that's when people can become jerks or like, hey, watch this. Like, oh, I see a box. I'm going to throw my, you know, my Mickey ice cream at it. Like that's, you know, I, I think I think we benefit almost
2: from the same thing of like adults not looking up on the seat uh, at the rooftops that like we kind of we employ the same tactics that Imagineering does and that like things are hidden in plain sight.
0: Yeah. Yeah. um You know, like, lots of lots of go away uh, green, I, I imagine.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, I I, I don't think you spent a lot of time in Disneyland Park, but the times that you're there, I bet you've probably never noticed the projector for the Matterhorn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, and it's, it's a big green pole in a big green box (laughs) sitting right across the street from the Matterhorn. And most people just don't, you kind of just accept it as being part of, of the, 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 the tree line over there. We
1: have to take a photo (laughs) next to that projector. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Next time we go.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we're going we're gonna to be in Los Angeles soon, so we'll go find the uh, the pole and the projector and go get yeah. a selfie next yeah. to it.
1: I love the idea that it's dust, though. I mean, it makes total sense, but it's like we have millions of dollars of this projection equipment and canned air is how we fix it. <laughs>
2: yeah. I, literally, that's I mean, that's 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 part of the tech's jobs of like once a month or w- sometimes more, depending on the season of like go out and blow out the filters. You know, lamp, lamp bust.
0: So, so you got to go and actually install some of these projectors. Like, did you see any cool hidden stuff? I mean, like obviously you've been in places that like no one gets to go, but did you see any like imagineers had like etched their names like behind windows or anything and any cool, like Disney lore
2: confirm or deny that my name is somewhere in the (laughs) main (laughs) show. Okay. Um, Oh, actually not in the attics. Uh, but, um, uh, but yeah, I mean you you see that all over the it's great cuz those places are are like time capsules yeah. and you can see uh you can see like literal generations of people who have, you know, signed their name or added a thing to it or whatever and it, and it's like like especially the main street buildings cuz those were those were original. Those yeah. were built in 55. And so having them been there for so long and it's those addicts that no one goes into mm-hmm. um other than us <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh it's 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 a unique experience to see like what's up there it's actually one of the coolest some of the coolest stuff that's up there is all of the um all of the lights that are on main street all the like peanut lights and stuff mm-hmm. that chase yeah, yeah, um, yeah and move those are like still old school 1950s like mechanical chasers so oh, like wow. little they none of it's digital it's all mechanical, t- 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 It's it's really it's really, really cool. Oh, that's
0: so cool. <laughs> that's kind of stuff you don't think about. But I was like, hey, it works like, yeah, yeah. you know, don't if, if, if it, it ain't, ain't broke, broke. Yeah. And so, uh, man, that's that is so cool. I'm, I'm so jealous they got to experience that because that's that's like a side of Disney that you don't think about. I mean, ideally, your average guest, you know, you're going to walk in. You're, you're not going to think that you, like all you see is front of house, front mm-hmm. of, you know, front like on stage is what mm-hmm. they call it, at Disney. But as soon as you step behind those doors, those, those cast member only doors, that's where things, that's where it gets interesting for me. That's the kind of stuff I love. And like, mm-hmm. even like when, you know, I, I did the college program back in the day and that was a blast and, but like everything's changed since I've been there. But even when I did the Disney marathon, some of my favorite, my, my favorite parts were running backstage. Like, yeah. When, when you pass through Magic Kingdom, you run through the castle and stuff, but then you go back behind and there were like the parade barns where they had all the floats and stuff. It's like, oh, there's a, a building to hold that, obviously. But when you're there as a guest, it's like they materialize when they come through that yeah, gate yeah. over by Splash Mountain. And so mm-hmm. that's the kind of stuff I'm really into. And I'm I'm so incredibly jealous that you got to go climb through the attics up there in Main Street. That is so cool. <laughs> Man.
2: it was cool yeah disney disneyland is uh disneyland's far more cramped backstage than disney world for
0: sure <laughs> yeah uh, but you know they make do <laughs> yeah yeah awesome so so you you were no longer with disney where were you where have you moved on to now uh i moved on into the uh the
2: film and tv space um okay. with um with everything that's happened in the world pandemic and whatnot um there was a uh it's time for for a shift uh so still working in the in the entertainment space just applying The same, um, the same experience or the, all the experience that I got at Disney, uh, and applying that into a different, a different medium of storytelling. That's cool. Um, so it's, um, it's fun. It's a different pace, uh, but it's just as challenging and just as, uh, engaging as it was at Disney. So. It's uh, it's
0: good. That's cool. I, I love like creative people are always my favorite people to talk to because like you get to do stuff and you get to experience things and try stuff and do things that you know no one else can. Yeah, and like, all right, you're literally on the cutting edge. Like, who, you're like, who's done this before? I mean, really, before. You know, phantasmic, there wasn't a whole lot of like water projection. Like that was one of the first shows to do that kind of stuff. And it's like I I love things like that. Like who who thinks to do that? These
1: these specialized careers that only a handful of people on Earth maybe get to participate in. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty fantastic.
0: Yeah. No, so what so over over your tenure at Disney, what was your favorite thing to work on?
2: Oh man. Um,
0: <laughs> that's a good, that's a good problem to have that you, it's hard yeah. to think of something so cool. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's hard. It's, it's really cool. Cause it's like varying experiences. Right. So it's like, I, I definitely have, will always have a place in my heart for Disneyland park and specifically the fireworks team. Um, just because I did so much work in and around that, um, that show or those shows. Um, but I, I think for me getting to go to shanghai and open a show in in shanghai park that was that was definitely like a bucket list item for me because a lot of times we would um you know we would i've gotten to assist uh on projection studies and designs for shows in other parks in hong kong and tokyo but to actually get to go to the park and implement those designs uh that was like another level so i got i got to um specifically go out for the uh, fifth year anniversary, um, in 20. So early 2020 or early last year, um, I got to go out and, um, do the fifth year, uh, fireworks show and also opened their, um, they opened a show in their grand theater called, uh, Mickey's storybook adventure, which is like the spiritual successor to, um, Mickey and the magical map over at uh, Disneyland at oh, Fantasyland wow. theater. That's cool.
0: Man. So, yeah. so was there any, I mean, like, what was it like working over in Shanghai? I mean, I, I don't, was there any sort of issues with, you know, like you're an American obviously going over there. I mean, was there any, oh, yeah. any, any, you know, like any difficulties?
2: Oh, it's, uh, so especially, especially, uh, February, March, 2020, we were still, you know, height know. of, height of pandemic, uh, especially here in the States. And, um, it was uh we had to get uh a special visa to go over there. They had to like Disney had to like send a letter on our behalf to like the Chinese consulate to be like this is what we're doing. This is this is who's going. This is who's working. You know all that stuff. So we had to get permission to come into the country. Um, and then the just myriad of of covid tests and blood tests and and qr codes that you had to sign so like just getting to the country was a huge hurdle and then once you're there you have to do two weeks of quarantine and then and then after all of that you get to go and work on the show and then (laughs) uh, i will say bar none the shanghai team uh at least the shanghai team of, of technicians and the shanghai team of uh, the entertainment team over there is like one of the best teams of like entertainment professionals that I've ever worked with because they care so much about what they're doing and they uh, they just want to learn like they're so like that you when you come over there um, getting to work with with some of those technicians a lot of them um, you know, they've been assigned or some of them, I should say, have, you know, been assigned to the to the shows and they've never had any tech. They've never maybe done any stagehand work, any tech work before, um, but they just they just want to learn and they want to absorb everything. And they're like the nicest people. And it's it's uh, I, I I really enjoyed oh, my time that's working the, over there for that's sure.
0: Cool. That's like that's like <laughs> Jeff, like on this show. All you want to do is absorb and learn from me. Right. <laughs>
1: totally. Yeah. <laughs> I mean for the purposes of this interview, sure. <laughs> awesome. Well, man, thank you so much
0: uh, Justin. I re- we really appreciate having you on the show. I'd love to go to Disneyland and like maybe have you kind of walk, walk us, us through, yeah, yeah and, like point out stuff that like your average person might not know. So if if you're if we're ever in the LA to. area, we'd love to get you out and go to uh, check out some stuff.
2: Yeah, you got you you got my number. We can definitely work that out. I would I would absolutely love to. I haven't um I haven't been to the park as a guest in uh Quite a long time. So okay. it would actually be a really fun experience to pro- to do that again.
0: Nice. Yeah. I haven't been to Disneyland in like three or four years. So in, in that case, it's a date. We're going to make this happen.
2: <laughs> I love it. I'm awesome. looking forward to it. I Excellent. really appreciate you guys having me.
0: Absolutely. Well, Justin, do you, do you have anything you want to promote or, I mean, I don't know if you, if you have any like Twitter or anything or any, like anything you want to tell people uh, about.
2: Oh, nothing, uh, nothing particular. I think I'm like at Jay glad on Instagram and stuff like that. I don't, cool. um, I don't, um, I, I, I'm not at the like, 50-year Imagineer level where I can start (laughs) posting, like, you know, cool behind-the-scenes photos and stuff. Because I still contract for Disney every once in a while, so I still, like, can't be... uh, Can't just, like... Let all my photos go, but um, uh, you know, yeah, I, yeah, I'm you're not a I, Jim
0: Shull level of, of, you know, notoriety yet. So that's okay. It's okay. You'll, yeah, you'll get there. Not, yeah,
2: not, not yet. I, I haven't, I haven't reached legacy, legacy Disney. Yeah. You'll be I the next just, Joe uh, Rody, I was a cog in, cog in the wheel. I, I, if I do stress anything, is like, I was not the solo, you know, like it was these, all of these shows take you know hundreds of people to put on not only from a from an operational level but from a creative level the like you said you never heard of a video designer there are you know producers and 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 creatives and and artists and all of these people who go into making these shows and so i was i was a cog in a gear in the giant machine but i but i do appreciate um you know being able to tell my 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 small part of it
0: (laughs) yeah no, and honestly that's what i love about annual pass is that we're we're trying to bring on people who are cogs in the wheel as you would say because like i'm fascinated by this stuff and i'm fascinated by all of the the people juggling things to make something so magical so thank you for being a part of that and thanks for coming on annual pass absolutely i appreciate it awesome well justin you have yourself a great day and we'll see you in la at some point in the future and you'll point out projectors to us (laughs)
2: looking forward to it thank
0: you
1: thank you absolutely thank you
0: Wow that's dude that, that was a lot of fun right yeah it was pretty cool is that the, the idea of like him crawling around through like all the buildings on Main Street USA like oh
1: who gets to do that I know it's pretty that's a pretty special job
0: that is that is very very neat and I am super super jealous of him and uh, yeah man maybe someday we'll sneak around and somehow get into the Main Street USA buildings
1: and go probably d- not. climbing through the rafters <laughs> yeah. yeah right or hanging et- out in the attics Etch
0: our name onto something who knows but uh, yeah, thank you very much again, Justin, for joining us, and uh, and I'm very excited for I, I'm excited for more interviews like that. If you have, if you are someone or you know somebody who's, are you do- someone <laughs> that, that that does cool theme park related stuff? Maybe something that you don't think of every day. Feel free to email us annualpassatroosterteeth.com and be like, hey. I do this for theme parks and you might be interested in it. like we got to talk with uh, Liam, who did the smells. Now Justin did projection mapping. and like we've talked to a bunch of podcasters. I-, I love getting different perspectives on theme park stuff. So thank you very much, everyone who's been watching that. So now Jeff, I've got some questions from the audience. I pulled some questions from a previous episode. This is the journey into your imagination with figment episode from a few weeks back. Yeah. Uh, I did a run for some reason between the Alicia Stella interview and the, the figment episode where I just forgot to ask the, the, the audience a question. Yeah. Like I just forgot to be like, Hey, here's your question to answer and get a um, theme park map. So instead I have a bunch of questions. I pulled more questions than, uh, than those. So here we go. Roman uh, Roman heretic says, if you could take one thing from any of the rides at a theme park, what would you take? So do you know of any props or anything you would, you would yank, yoink, from a uh, a theme park. I would project.
1: take an ET. <laughs> you just just grab
0: a full. I want a full ET. Like a baby one or one of the full size No, ETs? a baby one. A baby just easy, a little
1: one, yeah. A little little baby baby. Little easier one. to
0: hide. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, I w- Oh, I know. I would take <laughs> What would you take? I would take Buzzy. <laughs> Someone beat you to it. Someone,
1: oh, so, so he's gone already. From Army Command? I hope that we can recover. We talked about this. Buzzy, we will find you. We will. We will will. have you recover. Our our, our first Red Web crossover. And and then on that day... I will take you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, I would take the Golden King Kong from The Mummy Ride. Oh. The one that's like the throwback to the yeah, Kong track. yeah, Yeah, That one's. Uh, I grabbed that. Very cool. That'd Very be, cool. Pretty neat. be cool on a shelf. Uh, Cassidy Rose 025 says, Hi, Jack and Jeff. I've been a fan since the first Minecraft episode. I've always, I've always enjoyed listening to you guys over the years. It took me a while to look into Annual Pass, but I've been enjoying it a lot. If you're looking for a big ticket coaster, mm. you should look up The Intimidator at King's Dominion in Doswell, Virginia. Dawswell, Virginia uh, when I was in high school I wrote it five times in a row only to get a nosebleed a few hours <laughs> later When we got back home from the park so between Kings Dominion and Bush Gardens Williamsburg Virginia's got a couple of great parks just a few hours away from each other I'd love to see you guys at either or both parks sometime
1: Yeah, we got to get away from Florida. There's so we many other places that. out there for us to explore. Yeah, yeah. The Intimidator
0: mm, the Intimidator. That's it <laughs> that you, awesome. you think it's just like a big guys like huh? And just like throwing <laughs> th- throw his shoulders. He's like, hey, what, what, hey you got to do something? You got to do
1: something? Like, yeah, the muscle bound bullies stand in line <laughs> and they just like, stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. Yeah. Stop hitting yourself.
0: And you're like, oh, I just want to get on the ride. It's a Ska world, after all, who I think we've uh, we've read something from them in the past. You asked Jeff which character he'd like to run into at a theme park, so I'll treat that as though you asked the community. Freakazoid, the Tick, or any of the characters from Invader Zim would be fantastic to mm. see. Now that I'm thinking about it, I could I could go for a ride with any of those other franchises. That'd be fun.
1: I went through an Invader Zim phase. What was the Gur? Is that the little cutie? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah
0: running bro. into Gur would be cool. That'd be neat. That'd be neat. The Tick would be great. Spoon! <laughs> Uh, Jackson Cruz says Hey Jack, love the show It always makes my shift Delivering packages go by really quick Have you ever heard of Silverwood in Idaho? It's a great amusement park In the middle of nowhere And you and Jeff should totally check it out Once again Idaho's got a theme park, Jeff we Yeah gotta, Let's go to Idaho Get some potatoes And get some theme parking I would love to Do you think they have like the, the tater tot?
1: Do you think that? <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm sure they have all kinds of corn Like and let's go ride the curly fry Yeah Yeah <laughs> well, Dude, I bet the food... At that theme park is phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so fried. Everything oh, is fried.
0: Man. We, uh, you know what? We should absolutely do like a road trip at some point where we just go like in a van and go like state to state, hitting up theme parks. That'd be a lot of fun.
1: Uh, hey Ben, Ben, budget that out. Yeah, we're gonna we want to hit every theme park in America in one road trip. I'll see if the if face possible. jam van is available. Oh, God. thanks.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, we do have that map that that scratch off theme park map that we could totally start working on. So here we go. And last question. This is a long one. Of aces 007, since they once again forgot to ask the community a question for the week. Sorry, I'll throw out another question for the pass holders to answer amongst themselves. Uh, what was a random act of kindness that a cast member did for you that totally made your day? This is a sweet question. I like it a lot. For me, there was one year where my family were doing the Magic Kingdom, and I left my Magic Band in the hotel room and didn't realize it until we got off the bus. Fortunately, this was early enough from the hotel room key was still a separate thing uh, from the Magic Band, or else I would have been totally screwed. I elected to go back to the hotel by myself while my family went ahead without me, and since it was right at park opening, I was literally the only person standing in the bus line. A passing minivan driver, which is the like the Uber, but it's it's mini, mini mouse they're called minivans. Disney's Uber service, for Uber was a thing, pulled up and offered to drive me to my hotel room and back so that I wouldn't be waiting forever for the bus. That guy was my hero that day. I was able to get back to the Magic Kingdom just in time to join my family on, in line for the Seven Dwarves Mine Train, so I didn't miss a thing. Also, that same day, my sister got unexpectedly called for a job interview to mix up the dates. So someone in the guest relations office on Main Street offered to set her up in a quietish back room so she could do her interview. It's the little stuff like this that are truly magical that's cool that's i lo- very cool i love stuff like that because yeah. it's like the smallest thing can absolutely just make someone's day like the you, biggest difference yeah and you never even realize it yeah. so yeah if you have any cool experiences like that with cast members let me know i'd love to love to hear more positive stories about cast members so that's beautiful. Jeff, do you have any experiences with cast members yet? I know you're still relatively new. No, I'm game.
1: still waiting for that. I'm still waiting for that uh, That <clears throat> minivan experience. <laughs> All right. Well, since I didn't ask a question
0: that week, I've got a question for you this week. And if you answer it in the comments over on Rooster Teeth,
1: I will pay, I'll randomly select one winner and we'll mail you a theme park map autographed by Jeff and I. This is episode 50? This is episode 50. And we just did episode 49? Yeah, we did. You did ask a question last week. I did. Yeah. I did. But I mean, but you for, just said since I didn't ask a question. Let's well, wait.
0: for for this one, for the 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 figment episode. Mm. So my question for you this week to answer in the comments over on Rooster Teeth is: What has been your favorite interaction with a character in a theme park? So, like, have you had a good interaction? Like, did you bump into Goofy walking around? Like, you know, Mickey Circus. Have you seen Chewbacca walking around? I remember Galaxy's
1: Edge. I remember well, I was a Goofy fan. As yeah. A kid. Big Goofy fan. Yeah. He was. Yeah, he was my north star, <laughs> and uh, growing up, and uh, and I like to think in some ways I've modeled my life and career after Goofy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do remember, I don't, rem- I remember seeing him uh, when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and I remember getting in trouble. For torturing him I remember my mom Pulling me away from him Being like what? That's a, that's too much That's enough like, Leave the why, leave Goofy alone Why are you torturing Goofy I don't remember what I did I think I was just so jazzed I was just hanging all over him oh, Or something man. And my mom was like Horrified Yeah My uh,
0: my favorite interaction I've had with a uh, character Was uh, when I was working A great movie ride uh, There was a King Louie I think I've told this story There was a King Louie who used to roll around He would mm. He would get like A running start and roll And it was the coolest thing ever And he was always bouncing All over the place And like really interacting It was a lot of fun But other than that, uh, my I, I had a uh, an encounter with Mickey at Disney MGM Studios, and he has a sorcerer's robe on. And for some reason, it just, like, caught me. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. It was like, really nice. It was, like, this really, like, shiny red robe with this big blue hat. Mm. It was really cool. And I was like, oh, that's Mickey. And I think it was, like, right when I started the, the uh, my college program for the first time. Yeah. And I was kind of like, oh, this is really neat. And it's need to be a part of that and be part of that legacy. So. Yeah. A good time. So, again, answer over at roosterteeth.com. What has been your favorite interaction with a character within a park? And I will randomly pick someone who will mail you a theme park map. So that should be fun. And I totally remembered to ask a question this week. We're approaching our year anniversary, Jeff. Good Lord. With this is episode still, 50. Still time to cancel us. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you again, Justin Glad for joining us, Tell, telling your uh, your story about projection mapping. That is such a cool thing that uh, I, I'm happy to learn more about. So, uh yeah, and uh, if you, again, if you have any cool stuff like that, make sure to email us annualpass at Make sure to grab a starter kit, pin set, Join our Discord channel. Join the, the Rope Drop running group. R D R C. That's it. And Jeff, did you learn anything today? Can you remember anything from when we
1: recorded the uh, interview? I learned a I learned a lot about how the projection mapping works. I learned that I need to keep uh, on the lookout for those pole, those very well hidden mm. but right in fr- in your front of your face poles yeah. that are that have the projectors the in h- them. hidden at, in plain sight. Hidden in plain sight. That's very cool. Yeah, very very neat. I'm gonna look at I'm gonna look at all theme parks differently now when I go <laughs> in. start trying to spot fake yeah. rocks and stuff. Yeah.
0: yeah, absolutely. So thank you very much, everyone, for watching and listening. We love you guys. Take care of yourself, and we will